generally the shiurim go from 8.45 to 9.30, so we can be sure that whatever we have to do at 9.30, we'll be able to be heading out. So tell your friends, this is not a shiur that goes on for an hour and a half like the Hashkama shiur. That's a different story. Louder, yeah, I'm, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. Okay, so the first of the uh, topics for the year is alternative medicine in halacha. And uh, allow me to begin with a story. I have an uncle, or I had an uncle. Uncle Heshi, my father's younger brother, who was uh, came back from a trip to the Orient. He was there for a few weeks in a pleasure trip. Maybe a little business, but mostly a pleasure trip. When he came back, he, he started to not feel so well. He had some jaundice. Um, he went to um, a hospital in the New York area. And after being in the hospital for about three to four weeks... I'll tell you the name of the hospital afterwards. After being in the hospital about three to four weeks, they really still did not have a diagnosis. They did not have a diagnosis. They weren't sure what it was. And he was deteriorating very, very quickly to the point where he went from being a 220-pound, robust, healthy man to about a 130-pound um, man who was one foot already in the Olam HaMS. He was hardly there. We saw so the drugs that they were giving him were obviously uh, knocking him out. His stomach had become... Uh, Distended and, and uh, to the point that they had to constantly be releasing liquids from him. The doctors here know this better than me. But let me just tell you the uh, what happens at about three weeks into the story. Again, the doctors are doing all types of biopsies and all the different types of tests to try to figure out what the problem is. Of course, the doctors here are thinking there was probably a gallbladder, gall, gallbladder problem, so they, they checked the gallbladder. It wasn't gallstones. It wasn't anything like that. They did all the basic tests, and they just couldn't they couldn't find out what it was. At some point, they were discussing the possibility of going a full surgery, an exploratory surgery, to find out what's wrong. Um, <clears throat> about three weeks or four weeks into this whole terrible story, which threw our entire family into a disarray, a friend of the family... Her name is Tina Juravel, Mrs. Juravel. She lives up in Muncie now. She lived in Bar Park for many, many years. Very well known, a big tzaddikus, actually. And she tells us, listen, this is going to sound funny, but she happens to know someone who lives in Greenpoint. He's Polish. He doesn't speak any English, but he has some special power. He has some special power. What, what do you mean by special power? He has, it's hard to explain. Let me bring him to the hospital, and let's see if he can figure out what's wrong with Uncle Heshi, what's wrong with Heshi. Listen, I mean, at this point, the doctors aren't, aren't, no one knows what's going on. So we bring him to the hospital, and as we're waiting in the waiting room, this is, I was there, as we're waiting in the waiting room, so, um, this man is, like, like, like Tina said, he doesn't speak a word of English. He comes with a little pendulum, it's a metal, uh, you know, chain with a little weight under it. And he walks into the waiting room, and we couldn't bring him in to our uncle, because the doctors were there. And you can imagine bringing some guy to start playing around with a, with a patient in a, in a major hospital in New York. They would throw him out on his head. So we waited till the doctors left. And as we're in the waiting room, some, I'm there, my father's there, my uncle, my, my cousins are there. And Tina says, let me show you what he can do. And he takes my father's hand. No one said anything. He takes my father's hand. And he holds the pendulum. And he holds it over a piece of paper with, with, and on this piece of paper there are pictures of the different parts of the body. And as he gets to the different parts of the body, where my father has a medical issue, the pendulum starts to swing. Starts to swing, swings the pendulum. I'm telling you. He takes my, he takes my cousin's hand, and immediately he says, you have migrania, you have migraines, without, without saying a word. This is my cousin Chaya who has been telling me for many years that she had migraines. He met her after three seconds with the pendulum business, migraines. I'm talking, this is just what, this is what takes place. 
So we're like, wow, this is pretty cool. You know, we can, f- can make a lot of money doing this, you know. Matter of fact, years later, I, uh, not years later, months later, I was in his office, you know, I wanted to see it in, in his, you know, in his makom. And I was sitting next to Achsida Shagai, who was there, and I said, you know, we're talking. And I said, what are you here for? You know, what brings you here? He goes, oh, listen, I don't know how this guy does it. But I'm telling you, that I have some medical issues that he's the only one who can help. So I say, so can you share that with me? He goes, I, I can't share the details, but I'll tell you one thing. He charges $20 for a session. I say as follows. He should come work for me. I'll charge $150. People will pay no problem out of pocket. And I'll give him half and I'll take half. So I'm not sure. The guy is very, has a lot of power, but he's not too smart. That's what the Chassidah guy says to me about this guy. Okay, fine. That's a Chassidah, you know, uh, angle to the story. He goes into my uncle. After the doctors leave, I'm there. My father's about eight of, of the family are there. And he grabs my uncle's hand and he takes the pendulum and he starts to move it around his body. We didn't tell him anything. And when he gets to his gallbladder, the pendulum starts to swing. And he says it's gallstones. His, his gallbladder is filled with gallstones. And he can help. And how is he going to help? If, he, if, he, if we let him massage the bottoms of his feet and his ankles, that can loosen up. Again, he's saying this in Polish. The Tina, who understands Polish, was explaining to us in English. And that can loosen up the energy that connects to the gallbladder and he can help the gallstones pass and, and they'll be better. She starts to massage bottom, you know, the, the lower part of my uncle's calves. And my uncle, again, gets all upset and he says, I don't know who this person is. I only trust my doctors. And, and basically he gets, he gets a little crazy and he, we have, the person has to leave. Um, and that's half the story. The end of the story is that uh, my uncle was sent home with, with, a, with, a, with some type of nurse or a practitioner and maybe a month later, he, he starts to he starts to have some complications, and um, he ends up in Sloan Kettering. And when they send over all his records to Sloan Kettering, I don't know the name of the doctor, but the doctor looks at the records, and after about five minutes, he says it's clearly a gall a gallbladder issue. And then they looked at the gallbladder again, and they found the gallbladder was filled with gallstones. They removed the gallbladder, and he was fine. That's that was the beginning of my entry into this funny topic of alternative medicine. What in the world did this guy have? Or did he have anything? I mean, is there anything... That, I mean, it was, it was one of the craziest, wildest stories that you can possibly hear. I mean, it, so that's, that's step one. That's step one. That's step one in, in the story. Now, we could spend... I could spend an hour and a half just telling you very interesting stories of similar nature. But the, the topic is alternative medicine in halacha. So... Um, so I want to I want to also, in addition to telling you, as I'm sure you may have some interesting stories, and maybe some interesting theories and theory of how these things work and how how someone could have such a you know have such some some type of power if there's no if there's nothing there at all, um, and at the same time how that relates to halacha. We know the halacha is that it says in the passage, "Varapo yirape." And that means that a person, the way we understand that pasuk is that a person has an obligation to seek medical treatment. There's a Ramban Torah that seems to say that if a person wants to have bitachon b'ashem and say, listen, you know, I'm sick, I'm not well, I have a certain ailment, I have a certain illness. I want to uh, not see a doctor. What do I have to see a doctor for? I want to rely on a Kaddish Baruch Hu. So a person, we assume, rove poskim, I would say most poskim. Today, call up Oskim will say a person has an obligation to go to a doctor. You can't just rely by talking about Hashem. We're not holding on that level. Maybe Bizman Mashiach, maybe Bizman in the future, maybe then we'll be able to uh, not go to doctors and have be talking about Hashem. But today, in the world that we live in, a person has a chi of an obligation to go to a doctor. As a matter of fact, I don't think this is the case 
in, uh, in, 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 in American law or in New York state law, but if a person decides to refuse treatment, a person is sick, and the doctor says, I'm telling you, if you don't go to a doctor, you're gonna be, you're gonna get sick or you're gonna die. So I don't think that we can force a, a child, you can force an adult, you can't force him to get medical treatment. In halacha, if someone says that, so we'll pick him up, we'll forcefully bring him to the doctor, we'll forcefully bring him to the hospital, and he'll have to get medical treatment whether he likes it or not. We assume that the body that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us is not ours, it's a pikadon, and therefore we have to take good care of it as much as possible. Um, and uh, we have an obligation if we're sick to go see a doctor. The question is, which doctor do we have to go see? I, want, I don't want to see a, a medical doctor. I want to see a Chinese doctor. I want to see a doctor who does a massage and, uh, and, and energy medicine. Happens to be that my, my, this was a little bit embarrassing for me, but I felt like I had to do it. One of my rebellion had, um, was diagnosed with leukemia a number of years back. And, uh, he was also deteriorating terribly. So I told him, listen, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I don't know anything about these things. I don't know anything about cancer. But I, let, why don't you do, come with me? I want to introduce you to this person. To this, this is years after my uncle, to my, to this doctor. They call him the Groyser doctor. The Hasidim all go to him from Williamsburg. And they call him the Groyser doctor. He's pretty gross, actually. He's, he's a big guy. But, uh, that's not why they call him the Groyser doctor. And when I'm in his office, without exaggeration, I'm in his office, and there are four or five composition books. Black and white, you know those black and white composition books? And there are letters written to him. Letters written. Um, thanking him for all the great work that he did. Most of them are in Polish. I would say about 25 or 30 of them are in Yiddish. And, uh, and they say things as follows. Um, this is what they say. My son lost his hearing when he was two years old. We've been to experts all around the world for five, six, seven years. He's eight now. We brought him to the Grace of Doctor for three months. Now we can hear. And so what does he do? What does he do? What does the Grace of Doctor do? His name is Stanislaw Zablowski. And there are many of these guys. What does he do? Is it a, is it a fake? Is it, what, what? People are writing letters. There was a funny letter that was written. A woman wrote a letter. <laughs> Sounds a little funny. She says, I've been trying to get pregnant for five years. I couldn't get pregnant until I went to the Greuther doctor. <laughs> now I'm pregnant. So I listen, what can I tell you? <laughs> so I said, Sounds like, you know, I was reading that letter. I said, I gotta take a photocopy. He doesn't have a photocopy machine in the, in the office. <laughs> yes or no, right? You go into his office, he lays down on a, on a, on a bed. He lays down on, on, a, on, a, on a, one of these, you know. There's no door. There's no door. There's just like a little wall. You would, if you went somewhere to South Korea, to some, you know, uh, some alternative doctor, this is what you would expect. You know, a hundred people are waiting in the waiting room. There's really no office. There's no secretary. There's no insurance. You know, you come in, you go into his back room. He lays you down and he goes like this. Like this, he's moving his hands around, he moves his hands around your head, he's moving his hands around your arms, around your body. You ever seen anything like this? Energy healing. So I, I tell my rabbi, I said, listen, the doc, things are deteriorating. Let me take you to this guy. You know, I mean, you never know. You never know. Let me take you to him. He says, fine. A little bit hesitant, you know. You get into Shilas of, of Zara, you get into Shilas of Kishuf. Are these things allowed? We'll have to, this is the, this is the in Halakha part of the year. Let's talk about the alternative medicine part of the year. My rabbi goes to him. And he, I wasn't in there, you know, not respectful. But he goes in, he comes out 20 minutes later. I say, what did you think? He goes, I, don't, I can only tell you, I, he didn't, they didn't say a word to each other because my Rebbe doesn't speak Polish and the guy doesn't speak Yiddish or English. So he says, what do you think? He goes, I, I, don't, I don't know, but I can tell you one thing. Where the cancer is concentrated, he was focusing there and he was massaging right in that place. I don't know how he knew, but that's, that's, that's where he was. I didn't tell him a thing, no one said anything to him, that's where he was. 
So, I mean, what do, we, what do we do with things like this? And then the real question is, I mean, that's a nice theory question. The real question is, to what extent can someone who is sick, one, is he allowed to partake in these types of medicines? Two, is he allowed to forego regular medicine treatment, especially when it seems not to be working, and use alternative medicine? And three, um, you know, what... Uh, what issues are involved for someone who wants to go into the practice of becoming an alternative medicine medicine practitioner? What happened to your Huh? Your he died. He died. Um, he didn't go back to him. He refused to go back to him. I'm just telling you, he refused to go back to him. I asked him why. As he walked out, he saw a picture of Yashka on the wall. And he says, I'm not going back into the office. I don't know. That, that's good. I'll explain what his svara was. So I said, I said to me, do you think that it's us? He goes, no, you're allowed to go to St. Jude's Hospital. There's Yashka all over the place. If all, I'll, I'll explain why he was allowed to make that decision if he thought that the person had, well, I'll explain. So, and there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stories like this. A lot of stories like this. You've read or you've heard of the Elaine Nussbaum story. Anybody know Elaine Nussbaum from West Orange? Elaine Nussbaum was uh, also, she had uh, terrible, terrible cancer. She was, the doctor's weeks away from dying. She finally decided to try some alternative medicine, and she heard about Mishi Okushi. Mishi Okushi is the one who, who brought the, who brought the uh, macrobiotic diet to, uh, to America. And uh, he was somewhere in Chicago, in, in Boston, somewhere in mean, Chicago, somewhere in mid-America. And he, and, and he couldn't, uh, he, he, she, he, she couldn't get there. So she heard about this woman, this Japanese woman who lived in New York, and she went to see the Japanese woman. And she was a 90, you know, an 85 pound person who was sick and couldn't, literally couldn't keep her head up because she was so sick. And, uh, they told her to get off the chemo, to get off everything, and, uh, to start eating, um, uh, miso soup. Tell that to your oncologist. And she listened. She says the doctor's on him and she listened. And slowly but surely she started to get better and she lived another 20 years. So, I'm not sure what to say. Now, these are dead. Chaim, Dr. Potterman, rightfully so, is, is already upset at me. No, he's already, I'm not joking. He's already upset because the implication is, and I'm not making this implication. I'm just telling you, I'm just, I'm just sharing with you the, the, um, the facts that how I see them. He's upset because the implication is that, you know, there's, there's Western medicine, and then there's Chinese medicine and alternative medicine, and you really have a choice to, to, to go to either. And that's not, as far, that's far from the truth. But, but let's understand that it seems, it seems that there is some real uh, kayak or there is some real uh, proof, evidence that there's something going on in this alternative world. Alternative world doesn't really sound so good. That already sounds like you're getting medicine off of a computer. You know, like you can live in an alternative universe. I'm talking about, right? right? So, the, so, but, so, so I'm not suggesting, and the halacha is, I'll say it clearly, that a person is not allowed, according to Rav Paul's person is not allowed to forgo his standard medicine of, what, of how we understand medicine today and give that up and partake in alternative medicine. You have to speak to your doctor. But that being said, we're going to learn the halacha as far as how we see the makaras inside. Yeah. Okay. 
I understand. Yeah. No one would say that uh, what the, what the Groyser doctor is doing is al- we would never allow something like that in the hospitals. It's unheard of. Now already acu- acupuncture has you know been led into certain into many hospitals, but not but not the. Uh, one of the things that he did, one of the things that he did, this I saw is that um, he put tinfoil around my Rebbe's head, and he put he put sparklers in his ears, and he lit the sparklers. And he waited till the sparklers went down to the... Now, how embarrassed was I when he did that? <laughs> I'm just telling you, it sounds, this, these things sound insane. They sound, it, it's literally insane. But then, you have, but then you have stuff going on that you have, you have to explain. We have to explain the way things are working in the world. You can't just say nothing. If, if, if we see that something is, seems to have some type of koach and power, then... Matter of fact, you know what this reminds us of? It reminds us of the Machlokas, the Rabbah, the Vonlegot. But let's learn inside before we get to that. Let's learn inside for a few minutes. The Gemara says as follows. It's like Gemara and Yuma. Look at the Makaras. Now, so I would say that there are, there are two issues, two major issues that we, we, we want to at least address, even if we won't cover all the Makaras. The first major issue is, is there any prohibition to go to, or no, to take to partake or to try to, to be treated by an alternative medicine, uh, even if even if um, no one has a pro- the doctors don't have a problem with it. You still get you're still going to your your standard you know reg, medicine you know medical practitioner. But are there any isurim involved in these alternative medicines? So every alternative medicine has to be looked at individually, and you have to ask: Is there any avodah here? Is there any kishaf here? Is there any trefus here? You know, is there, is, are you allowed to be mechal Shabbos for these things? And the second question is, um, even if we can somehow, um, let me say it like this, is there a problem to partake in the alternative medicine? Is there any isser involved? And number two, if there is an isser involved, so um, do we then say, well, it doesn't matter because pituach nefesh is docha, pituach nefesh is docha. Does this... Does this part, does this fit into pikuach nefesh? In the same way you can drive to a hospital on Shabbos if, if, you, if you're in need of medical attention. Well, maybe you can drive to the Greisler doctor in Greenpoint if you're in need of medical attention, right? So that's, that's, that's the question that I, I want to deal with. The Gemara says in Yuma, somebody who's been, the, the, the place where this topic begins, the place where this topic begins is not actually with my uncle Heshi. It's actually in Gemara Nyuma and Daf Pei Pe Gimel. Anybody who discusses alternative medicine in halacha uh, or in any area of halacha always begins with this Mishnah. The Mishnah says as follows: Mishnah Somebody who's bitten by a a crazy dog, <laughs> and a rabid dog, a kelav shote. Ein machil rosam echetzakavit shalom. Rebmasi ben Chorosh Mati. Rebmasi ben Chorosh holds. That if someone's bitten by a wild dog, maybe rabies, so you're allowed to eat from the liver of the dog. There was some type of treatment, apparently back then, where if someone is bitten by a rabid dog, you would feed it, you would feed it the liver and maybe even of that dog. You try to catch that dog and feed it the liver of the dog. And that was somehow apparently supposed to help the person heal from, from, from the, from the bite. And the Chachamim say, You cannot eat this liver. What is wrong? Let's say you're not sick. What's wrong, wrong with eating the liver of a dog? It's strife, right? Now, 
They have machlokis tachachamim and Rav Masa ben Chorosh, whether a person who's bitten by this rabbit dog can eat from the dog. So what's that machlokis? If it, if it works, if it works, then you should be able to eat from it. Koach nefesh. If it doesn't work, then you should not be able to eat from it. Let's say we're not sure if it works, but it might work. Then what's the halacha? Yeah, you have to eat from it. So what are the rules that Chum saying you can't eat from? Why not? Why can't you eat from it? It doesn't work. So what's your massive and chorus saying? Maybe it doesn't really work, but there's a placebo effect. Is the placebo effect going to work? Yes. So fine. If it's going to help the person heal, then let him. You're allowed, if someone is sick in your family, right? So you're allowed to go in the, in, in the ambulance with them. Is it really going to help? Well, it's going to help them psychologically. It's not really going to help, but it'll help them feel more comfortable. Well, that's good enough. Then you should go in the ambulance with, right? Isn't that the halakha? You're allowed to go in the ambulance with them with, 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 what? Right, exactly. So, so what's the, so, so what's going on here? So Rashi says, and even though the doctors were using this therapy, it's not a refuah gemurah. It's not a complete refuah. What does that mean? What does that mean? It's not a refuah gemurah? No. What's a refuah gemurah? A person is, is, are you allowed to, are you allowed to be Michal Shabbos? To go to the hospital where they're gonna, they, they don't, it's not for sure. They're gonna give you a medicine. It's not, it hasn't yet been proven 100% this is gonna work, but the doctors think it might work. Right, right. So you, of course you'll let it, what do we mean, ain't full of Gemurah? So the Mogan Avram says in the simon on being Machal Shabbos on, you know, for, for Rafua, Kuach Nevesh Docha Shabbos says that, um, that they be mechal Shabbos for a chola sheyesh bo sakani. A lot of mechal Shabbos. If someone is, is is in danger, if someone's life is in danger, of course you give him mechal Shabbos. But only if it's for a refuah yedua. Mechal Shabbos for a chola sheyesh bo sakani. Be inim refuah yedua. What does that mean? This is funny. A refuah yedua. You have, what does that mean? You have to know that it's going to work. Of course not. We, we, we don't. We were Mechal Shabbos. So the Mechal the Prima God of Esau, the Mechal Avram, we're Mechal Shabbos for a meal to me. Even if there's a, a slight, 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 slight chance that it might work with Mechal Shabbos. Masha Kosev, the Be'inim Refu, Yeduah, Tzorachim. The Suffolk Nami, Suffolk Bikuach Nevesh Lohakim. We might save his life. 1%. 0.01%. You get him, you, you, you give him the medicine. And if it's treif, you feed him the treif. If you mechal Shabbos, show me Shabbos is more covered than Shabbos. So what in the world is going on here? What in the world is going on? Very hard to understand what Rashi means when he says it's not a refuah gemurah. And because it's not a refuah gemurah, he came apart. So the Rambam is the one who opens up the sugi for us. Fascinating. Rambam says as follows. Listen to this line. He says as follows. The Rambam, the doctor, right? Rashi, what, what did Rashi do? Okay, it's a wine merchant. So he's a wine merchant, but Rambam's a doctor. Let's look at what the Rambam says, right? When we learn Sam Yayin, so Ein Halacha Kerav Masi Ben Chorosh Shehitir Laachilas Adam Yom Tzom Kipper Yoseres Kaved Shalakelav Shote Im Noshach. The Lachas not like Rav Masi Ben Chorosh. Rav Masi Ben Chorosh, it's allowed. The Rambam says we hold like the Chum that says that you cannot eat the liver of the dog. Listen to this line. Second line of the Ram Purish Mishnais. Why? 
Elo bederech segula. Vachachomim omrim ein overin al mitzvah elo beripoi bilvad shahu dover barur shahegyon vahanesoyen ha pashut mechayvimosa. Aval haripoi besgulos? No. Rambam says. It's something, to say it simply, you know when you're allowed to be over all the Yisurim and the Torah, except of course for the big three. But you know when your Pikuach Nevesh overrides Kol HaTorah, almost Kol HaTorah Kula? When something makes sense. If something's, if something works B'derech Tiv'i, B'derech Hegyon, if you can explain it, explain, you can see it under a microscope, the, you, you can test it, the labs, the, it, this makes, the reason why this works is because Medically, it makes sense. Fine. But, but, B'derech Segula. What does it mean, B'derech Segula? So, the following Shiloh took place about a hundred years ago. Turn the page. Amazing, unbelievable Shiloh. Also, also, we'll get, right, but also Hagyo. Also Hagyo. Makes sense? And the Sayyid we're going to get to. Look, I wanted to show you, in the Tzitz Eliezer, Tzitz Eliezer quotes the Maharsham, the Brijana Rav, writes as follows. Beautiful Shiloh. Uvda Yadana, Bi'irmolalati Bizlachiv, Shayam Cholomasukam. I was in, the Maharsham says, when I was in Zlachiv, right, where I was born. This, I'm sorry, on page three, in the bottom of the Tzitz Eliezer, the middle of the page. I was in Zlotshev, there was a Mechal Masukan, and at that point in time, Rav Shalom Mibelza, the Sar Shalom, the, Belza, the first Belza Rebbe, was in Brod at the time. Brody, Mishalach Lebrod. So listen, I'm sorry. Listen to what happens. So this person is sick. He's a Chal Masukan. The Belza Rebbe is in the next town. I can't go to the next town because I'm in bed, I'm sick. But you know what I can do? I can write a Kvitl. Got to write a kvittel to the rabbi. Adayin allowed him to write the kvittel on Shabbos to send it to the Belzer Rebbe so she should give him a bracha. Why not? Yeah, but... <laughs> you have to go to a doctor, no? Says who? I mean, I, I, do you believe in the Belzer Rebbe's bracha or not? This was a chassid. He believed in the Belzer Rebbe's bracha. So... Should work, right? It wasn't even a. It was a. It was a Amirul Akum. So he sent the kvittel to to the Belzer Rebbe. The Garba Hadai Shlomo Kluger was screaming his head off. Shlomo Kluger was an orphan. He was brought up in the Dubna Magid's home. The Shlomo Kluger writes. To allow, you can't be mechal on Shabbos, even a dinder rabbanon to, to write a kvittel. Can you write a kameya on Shabbos? What's a kameya? Kameya is, I don't know exactly what it is. You write some amulet, you write some, uh, in Yone Kabbalah, in Yone Shemos Hashem, you put it around your neck, it's supposed to serve as a, as a refuah. Can you write a kameya on Shabbos? So if you look at the top of the page, amazingly, Rabbeinu Peretz Rabbeinu Peretz Rabbeinu Peretz allowed writing Kameas on Shabbos for Rafuas. 
Shabbat Peretz Zal Kaz the Chidah the Chaim Shol on top of the page. He was a bucky in all the different uh, svarim. He was he had a tremendous, unbelievable library. He was also a big traveler. He was a, he was a fundraiser for the Yishuv and Eretz Yisrael. So he was in all the communities all over Europe. So he saw all the old libraries. So he says he sang, he finds in an old Ksivas Yad. That the Rabbeinu Peretz wrote himself on Shabbos, Shemos HaKodesh, Segula, Batuka, Leosheva Salam. A woman's going through a difficult time in Shabbos, he writes a Kamea for her. So he says, the Rosh Hashanah was screaming, the Kvod, Moreno HaKodesh, me bells. And the bells of Rebbe was upset. He says, now I have to really give you a brach and make it work. Otherwise you will have been Mechal Shabbos for nothing. Nisraim, one second, Nisraim, Gamkin Alakosi, Abrakshav, listen to this line. Akshavani Machuyim, Lehis Amej, Shiyasaga, Cholo Rafua, Shaloyi, Yagram, Aidi, Chiloshabbos, that's a funny line. And if it wasn't Chiloshabbos, you wouldn't really, really work hard to get the guy. I'm not sure what he means by that. Vechain Hoya, Shinisrape Hachola, and the person got better. Obacholki, Agavna, Ain Lohakil. You can't be, why? Koach Nefesh. The Rambam says, you're allowed, if you want to send, you want to go to a rabbi, ask for a bracha. Maybe the rabbi even then would say, I'm not sure if it's a good idea, but fine. You want to write a kameya? Good. You want to, you want to, you want to write a kvetel? Good. Write a kvetel. You want to be mechal shabbos? Mechal for that. You can only be mechal shabbos. You can only be over isurim for pikuach nefesh if it's rafua. Rafua means, rafua means it makes sense. It's working in the natural way. To start dabbling in derech segula, you can't do that and use that to be mechal Shabbos. That's what the Mishnah means. Mishnah noshchol kelav shote. So you can eat from the liver. Does this work? I can't explain why it should work. I have no idea. It works. I don't know. Maybe it works, but but it, but it doesn't work. The, the doctors can't explain it. The scientists can't explain it. So how does it work? It works. How does a kameya work? How does a rebbe's bracha work? It works. I don't know. Maybe it works. Derech segula, you can do it fine. But not if it's treif. You can't be over Isurim if it's derech segula. That's the Rambam's position. And that's the, the, the beginning of the topic is that you cannot be in violation of any Isur Torah if you're dabbling in a Rafua that's only works for derech segula. What's derech segula? So for many, many years, many years, I was, I was taken by this alternative medicine approach, I, as I said, I have many, many particular situations, until I read this amazing book called, I don't know if anybody has ever seen it, Trick or Treatment. Trick or Treatment by Simon Singh. Simon Singh is an excellent writer. He wrote the format's last enigma. He writes, he's a great writer. And this he writes with an MD, Edward Ernst, I don't know who he is. So uh, he goes through treatment after treatment after treatment, proving scientifically that most of these alternative medicines don't work. Ah, my uncle Heshi. Ah, Elaine Nussbaum. Ah, there's different things. Well, it's hard to say placebo. Because the doctor said that he had gallstones. I mean, he guessed. I mean, he's a very good guesser. He keeps guessing right. There was no placebo. It wasn't like that my uncle got better. It was simply that he was able to diagnose it like immediately. After what took doctors two months. I don't know. I mean, what is, what is that? I don't know. So let's take so let's take some comments. So let's so that's that's where we're up to. That's where we're up to. You can you can be over Isurim but not Baderach Sagula. Chaim. Chaim. No no I, I, this is a this is the Torah Torah This presentation by you is incredibly dangerous. I told you they were gonna be upset, but the shear is not over. This is a story, but it's not true. 
You have to say after every such. You I said say, that. You can say by your rebbe. You can say by your rebbe that this practitioner, the person, killed him. Why? He stopped going to him. It is. He stopped going to who? Stop going to who? To the person doctor. To the right. Doctor. Yeah. Why? Why did he kill him? He killed him. Why? How? Because he stopped going to him. To who? No, to the main doctor. To the main no, doctor. You're saying anecdote with facts. You're attributing cause and effect to what may Fine. Right. So that's what, why. I'm not, I'm not finished with the sheer. I'm not finished. I just, I still have. I still have 15 minutes left, and we have next week also. What's not proven? The story happened, the story is proven. First of all, Whether, the story is incorrect. Yeah. Right, right, the story is incorrect. Number one. Wait, wait, okay, I'm listening, I'm listening. Number one. The simplest test to a person of jaundice is an ultrasound. Correct. They, so they did that. They did that in Beth Israel. They did it. They did it for a month. Okay. Number two. Wait, number two. What? Yeah, very. Number two. Number two. Number two. He comes in. This this other guy. This is smart guy. He comes in and sees a person with jaundice. Fine. The, the I, most common diagnosis of jaundice is Dr. Right. I agree. I agree. The whole thing. Number three. Sloan Kettering does not take anybody without a proven medical diagnosis of cancer. Therefore, you're missing something in the story. Sloan Kettering would have not taken somebody. I can I can only tell you the story as I saw it, and I'm telling you what I saw. I was there at so every step know, of the way. This is why it's crazy. Because this is hearsay, it's not reproducible, and people start making these stories up. And that's what the phrase is talking about. Okay, okay. So, what I'm telling, so, so you, I'm still in, but I'm still in. Let's explore the phrase that makes sense. Right. So, what does that mean? Because that means. Yeah, one second, one second. It's not, you're not, you're not being fair. You're not being fair. You're all not being fair. I didn't finish. I, I'm quoting a Rambam. There's a Rashba on the next page. I'm in the middle of the sheer. As long as you say this is an anecdote, this has not been scientifically. Of course, it's an anecdote. I haven't been Oh, it hasn't been proven scientifically. This is an anecdote, and it has no validity. Scientific validity. Well, no, what, is, what in the world are you talking about? What are you talking about? I, I, I called Elaine Nussbaum. I called Elaine Nussbaum. I spoke to Elaine Nussbaum. And I asked her. I, one second. I called Elaine Nussbaum. And I asked her, tell me the story. I read her book. I read her, you know, I read her book. I'll read... I read her. Okay, I'll give you the book. I'll give you the book. Fine. I only. Let me speak from. You haven't defined the question. You haven't defined what alternative means. Now, your readers where alternative is reproducible, or readers where it's not. It's only far out. You haven't defined. Okay, so we're getting there. So we're getting there. There is a list. I'm telling you, there is a list of forty alternatives. Let me explain. You haven't defined the question. So what we're looking at. Second question is there is an element of placebo and suggestibility. You might be presented these things, so people get better in these things, but not necessarily because of the Fine, I agree to that. I'm 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 a 
around and said, as you walk is ridiculous. And here he is asking that you can't do something that doesn't make sense. So, so, okay. So, so all you have to find is Okay, okay, fine. So I'm speaking for a half hour. If you went to a medical conference, you'd have to listen for 15 days until you can ask a question. You'd have to listen for three weeks. We wouldn't let you raise your hand unless you let the lecturer speak for six hours. So so you have to, after a half hour, you're saying it's ridiculous, nothing. You can't even open up. Am I wrong? Yes or no? You're going to start going, oh, it doesn't make sense. It's a half, no, no, I'm, no. What I'm, what I'm presenting is anecdotes, stories, issues that go into the question. You have to deal. You have to. Oh, fine, so that's all I'm doing. That's all I'm. I didn't. I didn't start. Why would I present this book? Why would I present this book? Trick or what does it say? Treatment. But that being said. But that being said. That being said. That being said. No, no, not yet, not yet. But I will tell you is as follows. What I will tell you is as follows. Fine. So I, I knew the Chaim was going to do this, which I asked him particularly to come to this year. So that, no, I did. Did I not? I asked Chaim, I asked Chaim particularly to come to this year. And I said before I started this year, that, tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. I, I introduced this year by saying, that, by introduced this year, that no one should make the mistake as to think that someone's allowed, the halakha is that you have to continue and um, follow your doctor on, and and. And not um, leave me, um, traditional medicine to go to an alternative doctor. Did I not say that? Yes or no? For the record, I did say that. So I'm not sure what it is that you want me to do. Every time I say a story, I'm supposed to say, and by the way, this has not been proven. Did you think the Grice doctor went to uh, the Cornell Medical Institute of, of Scientists and, 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 and was taught, you know, was tested in the lab? No, which is exactly what this book deals with. That the scientific method has never been shown to work, and these uh, many of these medicines or alternative theories and practices and therapies have not gone through the rigorous standards that we use for Western medicine. That being said, that being said, that being said, the Rambam says if it works, may I? The Rambam says, <laughs> no, 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 but you, but, you, but, you're, but your critique was very strong. I think it was un, it was un, um, it was unwarranted, being that I introduced it by saying that I'm not giving a halakha right now. I'm not a doctor. I'm just suggesting that this is the topic of alternative medicine. You did say that, but in the story, you kept on saying, oh, it, it cured him. I never said cure because all I said is that he, he, he said, let me ask you a question. Everybody knows, everybody knows that jaundice, the first, uh, uh, the first diagnosis is, is, is a, a gallbladder problem, right? And everybody knows that my cousin that I was standing right next to in the room looks like she's a migraine type of person. You can just tell. Migrania. Just, she was just standing and she was, what is that all about? I mean, tell me. What's it? Tell me what it is. The guy just has a good. He's a good guessing record. Right. I'm very convincing. In other words, right. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's 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 continue. The rod. One second. One second. My. Yeah. Just getting back. Yes. <laughs> we have the principle as you articulated, that except for victory, yes. you are makuya to do anything and everything in order to deal with a kolashi. That's correct. Except for Derek Segula. 
Uh, only if it works together. Okay. School came up. Yet, if it's not Shabbos, you can do a Kimmel or a That's what you said. As long as there's no other Yisurim involved. Correct. Correct. So my question is, Yes. if you can't use it on Shabbos, Good question. Good question. Where is the line? Uh, good question. Where the school of Kima is not Kishif. Uh, that's, that's also a good question. Because I thought you were going somewhere else. I thought you were going somewhere else. Okay. Hold, hold the question. Hold the question. When I was in, when I was also in the last few years, I don't, I don't want to tell another story because I want to do a Rashba. So we'll continue next week. Continue next week. But I will tell you that it's the only Shiloh, I don't get that many Shiloh, it's the only Shiloh that I've gotten in the topic of Vidoresh al-Hamesim. That's how, that's how deep this stuff goes. Vidoresh al-Hamesim. Someone in the community, believe it or not, who is involved a little bit in Vidoresh al-Hamesim. Well, explain, meaning? Well, let's, so, let's, let's wait. It's fast, it's gonna get more fascinating. Uh, we have to do, we have to do three things. I have 9.30. <laughs> We have we have three makaros, and then I can take extra questions. First makar, the Rambam says. The Rambam says, Misha Nashcho Akrov, someone who was bitten by a scorpion. Page one. Someone who's bitten by a scorpion. Mutter lul koshalavafilo You're allowed to be. You're allowed to do lachash on him. What in the world is lachash? You're allowed to incantation. You're allowed to a seance. I don't know what it is. You're allowed to say him, Maybe say Tehillim. Even on Shabbos, person is sick, bitten by a scorpion, bitten by a snake. You're allowed to do a lachash. Now listen to the Russian of the Rambam. And even though the thing doesn't work at all, the thing is absolutely a waste, an absolute waste of time. It's silly. If the guy's gonna feel better, it's gonna make him feel calmer because, you know, you're doing this Tehillim thing, or you're doing, you're doing, uh, you know, you're saying Psukim around him, and you're, maybe you're doing some incantations, maybe you're saying some Kabbalah, whatever you're doing, Shem Hashem. Kedesh lo Zitarev Daitolov. Right? You're allowed to do, even though it doesn't work, you're allowed to do it. So there is a famous Bir Hagra that we're going to learn now. Everybody hear of this Bir Hagra? The Gra writes, um, Rambam, the implication that you're making is that Lachash and you know Kimeas and all these things don't work. They're for Burim, Amharatsin, and Shotim. Lashon Yeah, smart people know that there's medicine and then there's heebie-jeebie stuff. The heebie-jeebie stuff is just for it's for it's for for, for the weak-minded. It's the Bir Hagra writes. Harambam, the The Rambam that says that lachash and these things don't work, that's the Rambam. I will call Haboyim Acharov Cholkolov. Sharei The Gemara talks about many types of incantations. Listen to this line. The Rambam was a philosopher. He was a little bit too drawn to the philosophy. Therefore, the Rambam writes. Kshafim, Shemos, Lachashim, Shadim, and Kameis are all baloney. Hakol who sheker, Avul Kvar Hikuosan Al Kodkodo. But people already knocked the Rambam on his head. He said Rambam, you're too drawn after Aristotle. You're too drawn after the mind. You know, there's a little bit more than what you see. There's more than what you see. See, right at the end, the Halifosophia, the philosophy, Hitzuberov. 
Lakhalafarish Gamar, Akobadara Khatsoi. The Ram so how you know there's many Gamaras, you don't the Gamara and Brachas stuff Yomi. There's many Gamaras that talk about all these funny, fancy, weird things, shade them and shuff them. So what is the Ram gonna do? Yeah, those Gamaras are they're not they're lessons, they're allegorical, that's not real. Velakor or some mishpashim, the Ram uproots them from the pashas. Chas v'shalom, any mamin b'hem v'lo mehem, v'lo mehamonim. Ela kol hadvar. The Gura writes, I don't believe the Rambam. He's wrong. You look at the Gemara's pashas. These things exist. They work. And he says, Ela sheish b'hem pnimius. But you have to understand what they mean. You can't read an agarta. You can't read a you know a Gemara brachas that tells with the shadim and just read it and think that you understand it because you read you know you read the uh, the, the Sansino or the, or the art scroll. That, that you have to understand the Pneumius. The Ramam understood Pneumius based on philosophy. The Gura writes that's Chitzonius. I understand Pneumius. Now it's a little bit difficult because Eimah Shivan is Harila Hamisa. The Ramam should have a chance to answer back, and it's really up in the Olama Emes. And the Sheish ben Pnimis, lo Pnimis shehem bali hal philosophy, shehem chitzonis el shal bali ha emes. You want to understand Pnimis of the world, you understand Kabbalah, understand the Arizal, then you'll understand how these things work. Number one, number two, the Rajba writes, and we'll end with this for this week, and we'll take a question with this. The Rajba writes. So the Rambam says, and this gets into Myron's question. I thought this was going to be a one-week shear. It's going to be a two-week shear. <laughs> if Chaim comes back, it might be a three-week shear. <laughs> the Rambam writes. The Rambam writes. If it's not there, if it's not b'derech tivi, it's b'derech segula, which basically means that you can't explain it. You don't understand how it works. Don't tell me about a Polish guy and a, and a Chinese doctor. If you can't understand how it works, then you want to do it as long as there's no Yisurim about fun. But don't be over Yisurim for that. Ryan wants to know why not. If, it works, if it's working. So the Rashba writes, and exactly how, you, how do you describe B'derech Segula? What's considered alternative? What's considered alternative? Listen to the Lashon of the Rashba. Hinei she'asra lano on page 2. Afilu mashi yeshbo to'elas mitzara zgula. The Ram says, even if it could be shown to work, the Ram says, I have five, three people that went, they went to, 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 to they started this, this, uh, this, uh, this diet. And, and they've all been healed. They, Elaine Nusbam and many others. So why does the Ram say you can't do it? Why does the Ram say you can't do it? Because you don't understand it? So listen to the Lashon of the Rajma. Biting, biting. Powerful. There's a few powerful lines. Huh? So look what, that's, that's what the Rajba's question is. He says, Vanisha, let, let's go, well, let's go to the middle paragraph, Vanishoel. Vanishoel can stop it, but they have I want to understand what the Rambam means. Mao hadover shiikra'u harav shiikzuru oyinativi. What exactly does it mean that you understand it? You know, the Rambam's medicine is not the medicine we have today, right? So, and you know what? I'll tell you something else. The medicine we have today is not going to be the medicine we have in 300 years from now. Yeah, for sure not. So he says, Imashi existed as line. Imashi. You know what the Rambam says? Tivi. Oh, so if it's in Aristotle's books on medicine, then, then it fits your, your, your bill. And if it's something that you don't understand, Mr. Rambam, or Rabbi Rambam, then, then, then it's outside? I mean, you're, you are all of medicine? You are all of medicine? Imashi yigzeru ha'in chacham shechibru sam v'tera karisto v'galinus. They think they know medicine. So that's Tivi. 
And what they didn't understand, what the Rabbim doesn't understand, where do you draw the line here? Therefore the Rajva says, if it works, it works. Three times, give me three, three people. And he doesn't say it has to work in a lab with a double-blinded, double-sided, you know, uh, you know. If it, three people can say, I was sick, I went to the doctor, it worked. You can be over Yisurim if you need to be in order to partake in that refuah. There's no such thing, refuah derech segula or refuah derech If it works, it works. That's what the Rajva says. Rajva says. Let me not conclude. Let me not conclude. Let me temporarily take a break. Let me temporarily take a break. Because there was a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about. We have to talk about bloodletting. Talk about bloodletting. 1799. Who died in 1799? George Washington. How did he die? Amazing. So we're going to talk about George Washington next week. But what we can say is as follows. There's something called the Derek Segula, which the Rabbim says we don't understand. The Rashba says you don't understand. Maybe someone else understands. What the Rajba would say, what the Rajba would say, is that, yes, the doctors in America or in the Western world may not understand it. Maybe the doctors in the Orient do understand it. So who are you to say that it doesn't work? That being said, he's a doctor, I don't have to worry about him. Let me just end this year so, so time doesn't get me fired. Alright? That, that, that. The majority, maybe maybe all of the postmen today will say that if someone leaves his doctor to partake, leaves his doctor and he's sick to partake in alternative medicine, it's suicide. Ravavinir postmen said suicide. But we have to understand why. But I'll, I'll begin to share with that, and I'll end to share with that. Although we haven't underst- we haven't explained all the details just yet. That's that is, a, but it, but it's in, but it's in the Western world. I understand. I understand. What's the difference between a research protocol and the Grosser doctor? And what? And the Grosser doctor. The Grosser doctor didn't, didn't allow his stuff to be tested. But this hasn't been proven yet either. Yeah, that's my point. Right. So, so is there a difference between... Good question. Good question. If someone is... Oh, good question. Good question. Good question. A video doesn't mean anything, by the way. No, no. So why made a video? Somebody didn't oh. know that's it. And you follow Tom Hutton says that it was the shortest, the big pigeons. Oh. Well. And I have a video of that. The guy took 30 pigeons. Each pigeon put it on his stomach, and the pigeon died right away. The 28th pigeon lived. And he went back to the doctor and his, 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 his pigeon was cured. How does the doctor explain that? They're strangling the pigeon. They're strangling the pigeon. Why are they putting it?